0: Adam Crowley
1: show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No, I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen, no, to me, just for a second, no, enough. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Somehow, I survived the CT scan, and I didn't pee my pants. A miracle, they say. I'm a medical marvel. you found The Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter at FBomber73 and at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Mike Tomlin spoke today after practice, and he said that he talked to Antonio Brown and that A.B. will be disciplined, and it won't be playing time-related. That is the right call. Cam Hayward spoke after practice, and he said, I expect Antonio Brown to play. He was at practice today. Guys who practice, I expect to play. A couple of other guys in the locker room were asked if Antonio Brown was going to play in a football game on Monday night, and they said, yeah, why wouldn't he? I got in a little spat on Twitter.com today with Mark Madden, and I said suspending Antonio Brown, sitting him for a half or a quarter or a series or even a game would do the opposite of what they want it to do because the players would think A.B. did nothing wrong and they'd blame the coach. I think by Cam Hayward and others saying they expect A.B. to play, I was spot on. And the super genius? Wrong! Wrong! This is the only thing you can do, and there's only one thing that can be done to put all this nonsense behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's only one thing that can be done that can fix the Steelers' perception, and that's win. Mike Freeman wrote a story today saying that an unnamed league source told him that Mike Tomlin's losing control of the team, and it's a circus over there. Whether Tomlin has lost control of the team or just A.B. and Le'Veon Bell isn't something that we can know looking from the outside in, but the perception of the Pittsburgh Steelers is that Mike Tomlin has lost control of this team. The perception is that the team is undisciplined, unprepared, and underachieving. Perception is reality. The perception of the Pittsburgh Steelers used to be that they were a well-run organization with class acts from the owner's box on down. The perception now is of chaos. The perception now is disgrace. They're embarrassing. There's only one thing that can be done to stem the tide and change the minds of the media members and teams around the league, and that's just win, baby. Winning cures all. If the great Miami U teams, the U, didn't kick ass and win titles... They'd have been looked at as a team of hooligans that couldn't finish the job, much like the current-day Steelers are looked at now. Hell, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have had their spats of late. Gronk's off on that party boat, uh, boat, the USSTD. They had a murderer in their huddle for a while. None of it matters because they won. It's happened before, even with the black and gold. The 1970s Steelers are revered. They're respected. They're deified. Their legacy's set in stone. The Steel Curtain! with one of the greatest football players of all time and Mean Joe Green and one of the greatest coaches of all time in Chuck Knoll. Had they not won, how would they have been remembered? Think back to 1977. I was not existing at that point, but I'm smart. Ernie Holmes was charged, then acquitted for cocaine possession. It was his last year with the team. Distraction, right? Uh, I think so. George Atkinson sued Chuck Knoll for calling him part of the NFL's criminal element. Sued. Chuck Knoll. Sued. Litigation against a coach in the NFL. Distraction, right? Franco Harris had to testify. Rocky Blyer had to fly in to testify. Knoll, when on the stand, said some of his own players could also be put in the criminal element category, including Mel Blunt. Distraction, right? Blunt was already holding out for more money. He then sued Chuck Knoll for $5 million and requested a trade from the Steelers. Those Steelers still finished 9-5. and They made the playoffs they would then go on to win the Super Bowl title the next two years. Football historians remember all that. Steelers fans remember all that. But the perception of those teams was that they were no-nonsense, would mess you up on defense, and they just get that shiz done. Their legacy is that they won four times. Their legacy is that they overcame that and won twice more in the immediate aftermath. If you win, that is all people remember. Now, the Patriots are thought of as cheaters, I suppose, around the league, but are they giving the trophies back? Does Tom Brady not have more rings than anybody else in the history of the game? How about Coach Bill? Yeah, they might be cheaters, but they will go down as the greatest coach-quarterback combination ever. They don't give them back. Didn't think so. They get to keep them, as did the 1970 Steelers. Winning is a cure-all. That's the business these dudes are in. Suspending A.B. ain't the answer. Creating some catch-all social media policy ain't the answer. Getting an A.B.'s face and screaming bloody murder ain't the answer. Only one thing can shut him up. Give him the ball. Win some damn football games. That's what will restore respect and status quo. If the Steelers can find a way to win the Super Bowl this year, and yes, it is a long way off. Then they'll be remembered in the same way as the you knuckleheads with attitude that got the job done. They'll be remembered as champions first and foremost. Winning creates a great locker room culture, and winning changes the way your legacy will be defined by the people who are paid to create narratives. As Al Davis said, just win, baby. It's all that really matters. 412 2874 Mark Caballi going to join us in 14 minutes here on The Crowley Show to discuss... I've seen some Steelers fans say, A.B. needs to be suspended. Look at what happened back with Santonio Holmes in 2008. They said, you can go ahead and sit right down for the week. Do we need to do another history lesson? I already took you back to 1977. Shall I take you back to 2008? I can do that, too. Steelers defense, one of the best in the league doesn't matter if you don't have San Antonio Holmes. You can still win when you've got James Harrison and Trey Palamalu and Lamar Woodley and a whole bunch of all-pro, pro-bowl type players. Steelers don't have that right now. The Steelers don't have a good defense. In fact, it's abysmal. It's one of the worst in the league. They got absolutely carved up on Sunday in an embarrassing fashion at home where they're giving up 24 points on average the last six home games they played at Heinz Field. You need to be able to outscore people. You need Antonio Brown. They didn't need Santonio Holmes back then. They needed him in the Super Bowl. Sure, fine, make a couple of plays, but to compare Santonio to Antonio, oh, man, you're dumb. You're just not that bright. Or you're just trying to see Antonio Brown get punished and you're grasping at any kind of suspension straws that you can think of. Here's the deal. Some players are expendable. Some players aren't. Cedric Wilson, remember him? He was the fourth, third wide receiver for the Steelers back in 2005. Depending on who you ask, you ask him, I bet you he'd say third. He beats his girlfriend. Steelers cut him. James Harrison, he gets in a domestic dispute, and the owner kind of stuck up for him. Uh, There's a difference between the caliber of player in that circumstance, and when there is, you have to think of it that way. Cedric Wilson's expendable. James Harrison, the Defensive Player of the Year, not so much. Hell, last year, Eli Rogers was sat down for a game. Martavis Bryant was suspended. Can the Steelers win without Martavis? Yes. Can the Steelers win without Eli Rogers? Uh, You better hope so. Can the Steelers win without Antonio Brown? I'm not so sure. I always tell this story. Of Florida and Florida State playing a bowl game, and the night before, they get in a big fight. Both teams, and Bobby Bowden suspends everyone except for Sebastian Janikowski, and when asked why Janikowski was going to be playing in the bowl game, he said, have you seen him kick? If Mark Madden tweets something offensive, if he sends out a picture of a naked woman, does he get fired? No. If I do, maybe. If Randy Bauman gets a DUI, oh, Randy had a couple too many drinks. He issues an apology. He's fine. He comes back to the DVE morning show. If Crowley gets a DUI, fired. If that makes it to the paper, are we still doing papers? If it makes it onto the interweb, if it makes it onto Twitter.com, I'm out Because I sit here and I throw stones at people for doing things wrong all the damn time. If I do something wrong, I'm getting tossed. But it's because I'm on this station. If I was in Madden's slot, if I was on the DVE morning show, I am the guy who's not getting punished. I'm the guy getting punished now. It matters. Status matters. Where you are in a company matters. Where you are in society, unfortunately, matters. Antonio Brown is an all-pro on a team that needs to score as many points as possible. You cannot cut off your nose to spite your face. And yes, the better players, they do get preferential treatment. Ray Rice, not in the league. If he was good, he would be in the league. That's a reality. People don't care if he beats a woman. I mean, some do. Most should. But if he could play, he's playing. Greg Hardy proved that. If you could play, you're in the league. LaShawn McCoy, for example, this offseason, had his own domestic dispute. Allegedly paid someone to go beat up his estranged girlfriend, Is he playing in the league right now? Yes, he is. Why? Because he's still got ability. The reality is if you're good, you get preferential treatment. You get punished differently. And Antonio Brown should be punished differently and will be punished differently than those scrubs I've been talking about before. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. How about Le'Veon Bell? hanging out in Miami for a rap album release. I thought he was just jet skiing around. New information came out today that he was at a club in Miami with a bunch of scantily clad women. Hey, living his best life, right? But because he was doing an album drop, album release. I actually think Lev Bell thinks he's a better rapper than a football player. And he's in for a hard friggin' lesson in reality. When he stops playing football... No one's going to give a shiz about the music he's putting out there for the masses to consume. All the yes men in his life would tell him, oh, that's so good, Le'Veon. Oh, my gosh, what a great record. Oh, man, you spit bars like you're Jay-Z, man. You're the next coming to Kanye. Those people, they won't even be there. They won't be there to tell him it sucks. They just won't be there because he'll have been a has-been. He's just a guy who used to play in the National Football League. And when the money runs out, they don't like him. When the money runs out, so does the friendship. That's the way that works. So Lev Bell, out in Miami, as opposed to being able to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a week here in Pittsburgh, thinks he's doing right for his career. Wow, what a dumbass. He has got another thing coming. Now he's having fun. He's living that best life right now. I'm sure he'd rather be in Miami than being with this bleep show of a Steelers team. But he is in for a rude awakening in the real world. That MFer does not have a shot. It's terrible stuff. It's just horrendous. Coming up next, we got Mark Caballi. He'll be joining us live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex to talk about the suspension that did not happen with Antonio Brown. He thinks it should have. I'll tell him he's wrong. It's Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Antonio Brown was at the Steelers' facility yesterday. Mike Tomlin said after practice today that he talked to him. He has been disciplined. There's a report out there that it is not going to be in playing time. He's not going to be suspended. He's not going to miss a series, anything like that. Mark now joins us from The Athletic to discuss. Mark, good afternoon.
0: What's up, Adam? How you been?
1: Doing all right, partner. So, you think Antonio Brown should be suspended. You tell me why you think that, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, missing a meeting, and what he did get disciplined for, according to Mike Tomlin today, he was disciplined for missing that meeting on Monday, an undisclosed discipline, which we can just assume it was money, so he did something wrong. He didn't show up, he uh, didn't tell anybody why he didn't show up, and that's just a bad, bad thing. You just don't do that teammates-wise, especially a guy in a leadership role like him, and you add that to all the other things that have been happening, even though they were extremely minor. I think this was a time for him to, uh I will not say reel him back in, but make it known to not only – Antonio, but more importantly the other 52 or 62 other guys with the practice squad that this type of behavior is unacceptable so uh, that's the way i look at it uh maybe not so much you're going to roll in antonio around from some of the stuff he does or maybe you shouldn't because it might not be that bad but missing and meeting it it's the guy who is i mean prior to this year The guy doesn't come off the field for anything. The guy doesn't come off a practice field. He makes all the OTAs. He makes sure he's everywhere. And for him to skip like that, it seems like he was trying to make a point to me. Of course, we don't know all the details. There could be something really, really uh, intricate of why he missed. But if that's so, why did he get disciplined? I think this would have been a good opportunity to, you know, if we're going to sit him down, hey, sit him down for a week. I mean, uh, a series. Sit him down for a quarter. Do something. But apparently that's not going
1: to happen. How does the team react, though, if AB does get sat down and then they lose and start out 0-2-1? Does the team then get pissed at Tomlin? I think that there's a chance of that happening if they were to do that. Uh
0: it could it could have been that way too but uh you i mean it's not like it would be the first time that a player has been suspended for you know a disciplinary reason but what is what is a fine going to do you is the discipline he i would imagine that's what it was i'm i don't see ab out back here running laps so i don't think that he'd love that (laughs) so i don't think that's the discipline so i'm pretty sure it's money and i know the CBA is, has a very strict amount of money where you uh, can be fined, so it, it's not going to make a difference. I think the bigger thing, maybe out of this, a whole thing is what he said to him, which we don't know. He sat him down for an extended period of time. Maybe he laid down the law. for sure this time, I don't know. Maybe it resonated with him. Maybe that maybe that isn't the proper approach to take here. And let's see what it happens. But I, I don't, I don't think sitting him out a a series or two would have uh, really hurt them or had the team turn against them.
1: I don't know, Mark. Um, By the time he comes back on the field after a couple series, it's already going to be 14 nothing because of <laughs> Fitz Magic and that tremendous offense and how bad the Steelers' defense is. We'll get into that in a moment. Uh, there's one thing you pointed out on Twitter that I noticed during the game, but I don't go to the game all the time, so sometimes it's hard to see, but I thought A.B. came off the field a lot more than we ever see him coming off the field on Sunday. Uh, there yeah, were a couple was, times he's running to the sideline, and I thought, what the hell, man? It's a big play coming up.
0: Yeah, those were by his design, too. He did the old John Dwyer tap out, I need to get out type of situation because I had my binoculars on him. And a, a guy like him, I mean, one time he came to the sideline holding his groin old area, but he just took a sip of water and was back out, Then he came out the next play. and Could have
1: been for pleasure. Very,
0: <laughs> that was very unusual of him. So, I don't know, maybe it was a sign of unhappiness. Maybe he was tired, but maybe he doesn't get tired, remember? So, that was kind of interesting as well. But the whole thing, I mean, you go back all the way to the OTAs. It's just been a strange couple months for Antonio Brown from skipping OTAs for the last eight of them. And when, like I said, this guy hasn't missed one his entire career, then he comes back mini minicamp and gives that strange interview saying he can't be truly free. Then he skips out of and goes to Florida to, during training camp to rehab the quad. Then some of the social media stuff. It's just been a strange, strange year for the guys. You know so, what I think uh, happened, Bully?
1: I think what that stuff? the OTA stuff, uh, the minicamp stuff when AB uh, freaked out I think yeah. that was because that undefeated reporter was probing his girlfriend and I I mean that Could in a, in an interview fashion. Yeah, Not not yeah, not like Bud Dupree who's probing people's girlfriends, right? No, you not. <laughs>
0: Honestly, it's a bad look, especially bad timing for Bud Dupree, but
1: come on. I laughed. That was kind of funny, right? I laughed. I laughed hard. It's not like when Mike Mitchell was ripping people, saying, you don't make any money, I'm a millionaire, yeah, you're just a loser. Go kill, your, go kill yourself and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a lot worse than uh, I screwed your girlfriend, because, hey, he might actually have done that. Uh, hey, but the word but the word sack and Bud Dupree don't exactly mix, do they? Uh, Mark Caballi joining us from the Athletic here on the Crowley Show. There's one thing there that you did touch on the grabbing of the groin for Antonio Brown. I mean, is there the possibility he still has having residual effects from that injury that he was so mysterious about in training camp?
0: I, I don't think so because uh, uh, he had the hip flexor slash quad. So I don't think there's anything. It's not like he's been limited at all in practice for the past couple of days, I mean, the past couple of weeks. At all. So I don't think so. Uh, he may have been a little bit limited today, but I'm not allowed to say that or not. But, uh, <laughs> um, all right, wait, yeah, wait, 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 percent.
1: wait, 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 wait. Let's do an all the president's men, okay? I want to do an all the president's men with you here. If he was limited, say nothing for the next five seconds. On defense, Mark, is it a scheme problem or a talent issue?
0: I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a talent issue. I think they just have to get used to the, the scheme they're employing. I mean, uh, I think this opposing team, especially Kansas City knows where the weaknesses are or where the weakness is. And I'll give you a prime example. Travis Kelsey's second touchdown. Uh, I think they went four wide or three wide. Kelsey was split out in the slot. They emptied the backfield, Kareem Hunt, and forcing Vince Williams to then cover out wide, switching, flipping everybody one step down on the right-hand side, forcing John Bostic to cover Travis Kelsey one-on-one. Teams know that. That's just pure scheme and knowing where to find the matchups at. And Andy Reid's pretty good at that. So that's, is. that's the issue. They have to uh, figure out what scheme and how how to stay away from stuff like that. John Bostic's pretty good. I'm not saying he's not pretty good, but you gotta put him in a situation where he can succeed and watching Travis Kelsey one-on-one on the slots just can't do that. So I think it's gonna take much more time to get these schemes with the players. I mean, Morgan Burnett had barely practiced at all. <laughs> that was pretty, that was pretty, uh, tremendous there. Adam, did that taste like, did that taste like orange drink
1: or something? <laughs> Wait a second now. I thought I took you out when I burped. I don't think that went over the air. I just think that was oh, in your ear. Oh,
0: it went over the air because
1: I heard it. Oh. I think Tom has you in offline. I think that's a I think that's a, a glitchy station type thing. I don't it, think anybody it, heard it, but thank you for outing me, buddy. Appreciate that. It didn't that. go out over the air. Kaboli is the only one who heard it.
2: <laughs> oh, so,
0: so people are thinking I'm crazy, like just talking about nothing when you're belching in my ear.
1: Well, that's why I had to come back and clarify, but thank you for outing my belch. Uh, it did smell nasty and uh, do I know? didn't taste great. That's true. That's not on you. It's not on anyone, really. It's just the reality of the situation. Uh, the Steelers, I think they need to face their reality, which is that their defense isn't very good. So the question is, Mark, is the is the scheme – how much does Tomlin have his handprints in it? How much was he involved with Dick LeBeau? Is it different? How is it different?
0: I don't think he's involved as much uh, as you may. That <laughs> one was on the air. Keep it up. That was on the air. Okay? Yeah. I don't think he's involved as much as you think. He's not out there calling plays. He's not out there telling what players to go in, which – guys need breaks or anything like that. I'm not saying that he might not be somewhat involved in meetings during game game planning. I'm sure he is like the rest of the defensive coach. But if you're thinking he's out there trying to, you know, manage the game and some might laugh and say he can't manage the game, that's another story. But you think he's doing that and being able to, you know, okay, it's going to be third and seven What call we're having. That's just not how it's happening. I mean, even in practice, I mean, it's not like you see him out there, you know, uh, Right on Keith Butler's shoulder and saying, "Hey, no, none of that stuff." So, I mean, like, like probably like m- m- most of the other coaches, I mean, they're pretty much involved in a lot of stuff. Right, sure he's involved, but this is Keith Butler. I mean, this is I mean even the scheme wise. I'm sure that was a all of them getting together and say, "Hey, what's the best way to go about this?" But when it comes to game game time, calling plays, seeing what players are out there, that's going to be Keith Butler, and I don't think Tom has much to say about that on game days.
1: Mark, as a guy who studies the film, as a guy who knows what he's watching out there, if AB's playing, or pardon me, if Le'Veon Bell's playing, does that allow AB to have some more freedom?
0: Oh, I don't think so. I mean, be honest with you, I watched uh, all of his snaps the past two games, or not all of his snaps, all of his targets the past two nice. games, and I see a lot of the same stuff. And when I say, oh, well, teams are doing this, nah, they've been doing that the whole time. I mean, if we're going to put, like, like like a double gunner type of guy on him, like they used to do Calvin Johnson around the goal line, that would be different. But I don't think there's anything else. I mean, you see the same thing. The high safety, you know, Shane to his side. There's always somebody near him. I mean, either they go trail coverage, some guy over the top. It's always the same type of stuff, though. I don't truly believe it. Maybe Le'Veon Bell does uh, alleviate some of that. But you know what? There's a tight end here, and I know you're going to laugh at it, but he's a... Uh, Twelfth in the league in receiving yards. He got the second most forty yard catches and maybe the most twenty yard catches. So what might be lost by Le'Veon Bell not being there and Antonio Brown not putting up mega numbers. Jesse James is still out he's filling out that right now. He's he's getting those numbers to to where they were somewhere else last year. So I don't believe that if Le'Veon comes back all of a sudden Antonio Brown's getting 500 catches or whatnot. I mean, I think the issue was against Kansas City. He wasn't very happy, Antonio, that he may not have been targeted in some deeper balls because he had some guy named Orlando Scandrick, who's like their fourth cornerback, or at least only comes in on nickel situations. He probably thought he can beat them and forget the safeties because Eric Barry's not out there. You're not sending me deep. You're giving me all this underneath garbage. I'm guessing that's why you was more upset than anything else.
1: Mark, appreciate the time, buddy. I'm going to go take some Pepto-Bismol and slide into somebody's DMs.
0: <laughs> I will make sure that I'll check them out.
1: Be good. Mark Caboli, The Athletic. I'm really happy we discovered that the callers can hear me whenever I burped, and it wasn't one of those situations where I'm mocking the caller just to Tom and Brian. Wow, this guy's a dumbass, and he hears the whole damn thing. I'm happy we discovered it in a belch. Uh, this, I think this it would have been good.
2: funnier the other
1: way, but this yeah, is I would have preferred the other way.
2: This is more comfortable.
1: I mean, what a dumbass that guy was. Seriously, <laughs> what's he hearing? What's his
2: problem? Yeah.
1: Jeez. Coming up next, <laughs> someone's blaming my millennialism. No. for my opinion on Antonio Brown, and I will turn it right back around on the old folks next. It's the Crowley Show. It's the Adam Crowley Show. This is the kind of thing that just. Tickles my ball. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio
2: app.
1: I'm a target, so they punch. Le'Veon Bell, not only jet skiing in Miami, had an album release party yesterday. Scantily clad women dancing around, bottles be flying. That does not sound like a guy who's going to show up to this no, deal anytime
2: soon. It's it's funny to throw a whole party for this kind of crap. <laughs> like, like, getting to the party and this is what they're playing. Like, wow, you guys spend all that
1: money on this? It's so bad. Brayden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley, Paul Dog is a better rapper than Le'Veon Bell. There's no doubt about that. Jonathan says at underscore Adam Crowley, just listen to some of Lev Bell's stuff and it's awful. I feel bad for the guy if his rap career is really weighing into his decision to skip out on the Steelers. You can't teach stupid. All this just shows that Le'Veon Bell is a colossal moron, though, right? I mean, we knew that already, but if he really is putting his rap career in front of his NFL career I mean the guy really has no idea at all what is up I think he's taking the
2: moron and he's adding a little bit of a hole to it right yes it like this is a little bit of trolling going on by Le'Veon Bell I think he's looking for opportunities to get in front of cameras to prove that he doesn't care that he's missing, because he's not the guy losing in this, as he's thought the whole time, the Steelers are the one losing. And and him dropping this just makes his point even stronger after the situation this past week and the tie in week one. I mean, you, you kind of got to admit, in a
1: guy's mind like that,
2: he thinks he's winning.
1: Oh, there's no doubt he thinks he's winning, and there's no doubt he's trolling. Funny you should mention that. On Instagram, Le'Veon Bell liked three posts That we're talking about the Steelers getting dismantled by the Chiefs. He liked the posts. He's rooting for these guys to fail because he then looks like the guy that's needed. He looks like the savior when he comes back, right? When he shows up, the Steelers will be in the thick of the playoff race. Probably the peripheral of the playoff race. And he'll come in he'll get the ball. He'll run for 127 yards. The Steelers will win. He'll put his arms in the air and say, I am football Jesus. And... He won't be totally wrong, but I don't like the fact that he'll be a little bit right because he is so warped. His mind is so warped. Uh, I guess my mind is warped too, right? According to the Sports Outlook on Twitter, he says that me not wanting Le'Veon Bell to be suspended is the way millennials look at this kind of stuff. He says, there's that entitlement attitude that's so rampant these days, and then we all sit back and wonder why the younger generation feels that way. Do what you want, because in the end, all that matters is winning. Great message to send. Your attitude's part of the problem. I've always been interested in that millennial dynamic with the generation that came before us. If the millennials are entitled... If the Millennials feel like everything should be given to them, isn't that in some way the generation before ours' fault? Uh, I think it is at least a little, but it doesn't mean that you have to run with the entitlement. It doesn't mean that you can't form your own opinions and come up with your own frame of mind. But I do think there's some culpability with guys like you, Sports Outlook. Let's look into this guy. I love doing that. Yeah. You know,
2: the thing is, every generation before the current generation is entitled, because the, the the older generation is going to work and watching these guys hang out as a young generation, and they're like, look how easy they got it. But people forget how easy you had it when you were in high school or, you know, around that time. It's so funny how it works. And I guarantee I, my you. My generation was lazy. Yes. Like, growing up. And the generation before me was lazy to the generation before that and so forth. You know what we need? We need a
1: great war. Oh, that's man. what we need we need a war send me overseas baby let's go get that entitlement <laughs> off my back yeah that's not gonna happen that's the reality though right that that exactly what you just said is what happens yeah. i guarantee you when my children are doing whatever it is that they're doing if i don't die here in the distant uh, oh, you know couple weeks uh, yeah Stop. sorry about that yeah, I mean, just we I, I survived today i guess yeah, so, we get it yeah, okay. move past it if i do live though and i do have kids those kids will be playing with robots, and we'll be saying the same things about them that the other generation's saying about us, and it's just a cycle. It's just the way of life.
2: Every 10 to 20 years back in my day, it, it counts. You know, you can drop it back in my day.
1: I just can't stand the millennial talk as if you don't have to change the way that you coach in today's day and age either. When Mike Tomlin started as the Steelers' head coach, it was 2007, and social media was nowhere near... What it is right now. Not even close. And so he's learning on the fly that these guys have their personalities now out there for everybody to see. And he's got to find a way to manage it. And you do have to take into account their upbringing. You do have to take into account the way that they handle things. You always hear the great coaches know how to coach every player individually. And look at each guy in the face and know what motivates them and what doesn't. Some players, they deal better with screaming. Some players deal better if you kind of baby them a little bit. Uh, Some guys, you give the bottle of water, you say, oh, you hurt, man, get to the sideline. The other guy, you say, all right, rub some dirt in it. Uh, That's what good coaches do, and in 2018, good coaches need to be able to understand how to talk to each individual player. A.B., in my opinion, if you talk to him, if you sit him down for a series, for a quarter, for a half, for a game, he's going to lose his ever-loving mind, and if that happens, then you've really lost the team. It comes down
2: to a thing of respect with a lot of these guys, and respect takes a weird form. I feel disrespected. You're not respecting me. And that can go off in any direction. It can be set off by any number of things that can happen from a team, and that's one of the things that Mike Tomlin has to fight because these guys are kind of pushing their own brand. It's more of an individual time right now. They've got their brands on Twitter, on Instagram, on everything like that. So Mike Tomlin has to also kind of figure out how to work that without saying, hey, I don't want you doing that, without disrespecting them. It, it is such a fine line to roll, especially with the egos as big as ones like Antonio Brown
1: and Le'Veon Bell. It is, and at what point does AB have to take responsibility for himself, though, too? I mean, what is the coach's responsibility? He needs to have a part in it, as we're discussing no doubt he needs to be able to sit down and say, hey, this is not going to fly. This is going to fly. There does need to be some punishment in different circumstances. I get all that. But everyone who's blaming Mike Tomlin for A.B., I mean, maybe he's a 30-year-old man. Yeah, I mean, Is he supposed to call him in the morning on Monday and say, hey, buddy, are you coming in today? Does he have to call every individual player and say, are you going to walk through the doors of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex today? Uh, Is that what his job is? If that's what his job is, he should go do it in college. He should go do it in high school because that's not what you do in the NFL. You do have to find a way to get all these personalities to work well together. But at some point, it can't all be on the coach. And the Lev Bell stuff, I don't think it's on Mike Tomlin at all. If anybody wants to lump that in too, I, I don't think you can. Mike Tomlin's not the guy who's trying to sign him to a contract.
2: Mike Tomlin wants Le'Veon Bell on that field. It's 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 up to agents and, and money men.
1: Exactly. Kevin Colbert's got to find a way to get it done with Omar Khan, and Mike Tomlin's trying to scheme up a way to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. This isn't going to be sexy here. This isn't something that has been discussed a lot, but it needs to be brought up here as a real issue for these Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the second time maybe ever we've discussed it on the show. The kicking and punting game. I mean, just to bring it back onto the field here, the kicker, not varsity, the punter below the line, and you can't win in this league when your defense sucks and you're giving the other team the ball at the 37 yard line to start every possession. The Steelers should be one and one. And if you're one and one instead of oh, one and one, the distractions don't seem as bad and maybe Antonio Brown shows up on Monday. Now, maybe not because he still doesn't have his statistics, but maybe he does. If the kicker makes the field goal at the end of the game, the six turnovers get flushed down the toilet, the James Conner fumble gets flushed down the toilet, all the penalties get flushed down the toilet, and all those problems are gone because you won, and that's the only thing that matters. So kicking cost them one game. They were 4-0 and last year when they had a last-second kick. But the punting thing... Holy hell, they got many problems. But when you got a bad defense, the last thing you want to do is set your opponent up with good field position. Missing kicks also does that, too. If you miss a 40-yard kick, a 50-yard kick, it sets the other team up in good field position, and it makes coaching decisions that much harder. Mike Tomlin has so many things he's got to deal with this week, and this Antonio Brown thing is getting the most pub by the media. It is the biggest crisis, I think, facing the team because you need that guy to be engaged. But he's got to fix a terrible defense. He's got to fix the kicking game. Special teams in general have been horrendous. He's got to fix the penalty game. I realize that the Steelers have had comparable penalties to both the teams that they've played in the first two weeks, but they've still committed far too many penalties themselves. There are a hundred different things Tomlin's got to be worrying about right now. Uh, including Tampa Bay, who's put up 1,000 points and their quarterback's the greatest of all time. Man, I do not envy where Mike Tomlin is today. Uh, I do not envy his job. And if you think for a second it's easy, it's not. So this disciplinary thing, while it does need to be handled, he's handling it in the midst of trying to figure out how to get a damn win for the first time this year. Uh, It's fascinating to me. Uh, My wife and I went to do my CT scan this morning, and it made me have a little less time to prep. And I still finished prep pretty quickly today. And she's thinking, well, do you usually have this much free time in the middle of the day? I said, no, it's so damn easy right now. It really is. If you told me I couldn't talk about A-B today, I'd still find three hours to fill very easily. It would not be hard. You just talk about the defense. If you tell me I can't talk about the defense, I could still find three hours to fill today this team is fascinating. The problem is they've got a perception problem. The perception is that they're a bunch of douchebags. This is coming from Daryl at underscore Adam Crowley. Breaking news: Steelers defense is still trash. That's the thing, though. That's that's the that's the deal. I can talk about all of it. Now, people assume when you when you talk about Antonio Brown, you're only going to talk about that. When I tweet about Antonio Brown, I get. 10 Steelers fans say, you really want to focus so much time on Antonio when the defense is giving up 42 points at home? Hey, numbskull, I got all kinds of time to talk about all of it. Hey, numbskull, I got 280 characters I can send that way, and then I can send 280 the other way, towards AB. It's fine. It'll all be okay. We'll touch on it all. The Steelers stink, at least right now. Coming up next, I'll tell you why they stink. And Bert and Ernie, gay? Really? Are we surprised? I'm not. There's always a hand up their ass. It's Crowley Show.